I've been studying uh, the books that Paul wrote, and I just really, this, this passage jumped out at me. And I started on a journey there, and it has held on for the last two and a half weeks. Um, so I feel like God has given me a revelation for the time that we're in and for the season that the church is in right now. And I'm just praying it makes sense before it's all said and done with. That's really my prayer. But before we get into the word of the Lord, I know everybody has it. I want to ask a question. Um, through the last year, through this year, is anybody here just in a little bit of a trial? Would you lift your hand if maybe you're just going through something in your home, in your family, in your life? It's all right. We can be honest. We're in a place of love. and That's awesome. That's not awesome that you're in a trial, but it's it's awesome because at least I know I'm listening to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Um, what, what we're going to get in tonight is, is a little understanding of sufficient grace. So if you have your Bibles again, turn me to the book of second Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start reading at verse number seven and we'll stop at verse number 10, verse number seven. And we'll stop at verse number 10, chapter 12, second Corinthians. And least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, that literally means to to physically attack Paul, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that he would remove it from me. I went to him and I asked him to remove this thing from my life. But three times... It never left. Verse number nine. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak... Then, really, I'm strong. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, again, I want to try to talk to us on sufficient grace. Could we just lift our hands and ask that God would minister to us here tonight? Lord, I love you. You've given me your word. Now allow me to speak it correctly. Give me wisdom with the word, God. Anoint me. Your word is already anointed. Anoint the ears of the listener. Pray for revelation to flow into this house tonight, God. And that the perfect will of heaven might be fulfilled here in earth. Let it be done in the wonderful matchless name of Jesus. Would you just say in Jesus name. Amen. Um, a lot of times when we get on the subject of grace. Uh, we we oftentimes go to um, the thought that it is a ticket to sin because That is what other denominations and other movements have um, preached grace to be. They have they have presented grace in the manner that it is your ability to live how you want, do what you want. And God's grace is just always there for you. But in reality, that's that's not what grace is. Grace is not a free pass to live how you would like to live and do what you would like to do. Grace is not man's free pass to go into the world and live 
how we want to live and just trust that when we come back into the house of God, the preacher is going to preach us under conviction and then grace will just be there waiting for us. Grace is not that. Grace is is something that is much more beautiful than that. It's much more precious than that. It's much more powerful than that. Paul begins to talk about where he was at and says he had an abundant of revelation. Paul was a man who was a master uh, of the law of of he was a master in understanding Jewish traditions and Jewish laws and he studied under the best and and he had a little bit of everything in him he could he could speak some different languages he 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 was he was skilled in speaking he was full of knowledge paul was a very wise man and paul said i was given a thorn now this thorn um, Paul evidently didn't appreciate this thorn that he was given because scripture said three times he went to God asking for this, this thing to be removed. And three times evidently the Lord said, no, I will not remove this thorn because I'm teaching you a lesson through this that my grace is sufficient. Now, I am not preaching that God does not heal people on the spot and that God is not a God that that isn't a, a, a miracle worker. This church, I know, knows that your God is a miracle worker. You know that God is able to do all things by the power of the name of Jesus. All things are possible. Everybody here knows that this is, this is not a, a, a church that is unlearned on the gifts and seeing people healed and filled by the power of God. But some things God introduces into a world or into a life so that it's not removed out of your life, but it's there for you to live through and to learn from. As I begin to pray about this that the Lord was dealing with me about, um, I, I begin to think about the, the coronavirus and, and how many have prayed for it to be removed. And I know it's, it's, the, it's the broken record. We're tired of hearing about it. And frankly, I'm tired of talking about it. Seems like it's all we hear about. And as soon as things start getting better, it seems like another hot spot shows up and things start getting worse again. But could it be that this is the thorn introduced for this season? Could it be that maybe God didn't send it, but God is using it as we have all kind of agreed as a general assembly that the Lord is using this to, to, to correct the church in a few areas, to teach the church in a few areas. This, this, this virus could be that God has introduced a thorn to teach us how to get back to grace. Because grace is something that you have to make a conscious decision within yourself. I'm coming back to it. 
So I begin to think about this journey of grace and everything that has been taking place. And I see whether you agree with the political party of which is now running our country or you do not. One thing that you cannot disagree with is that this political party's agenda is that sin would rise within the world. We are seeing things rise every single minute. We are seeing things rise every day on social media. We are seeing certain parties and certain agendas and certain things pushed in a way we have never seen pushed. We are seeing all sorts of things and it seems like sin is increasing and maybe many of us are praying, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? But the scripture says that where sin doth abound, grace does that much more. So maybe God is allowing certain things to happen right now so that he can teach us a lesson on the profound power of his grace. The grace of God. The grace of God. Paul prays three separate times, Lord, remove this thorn. And God says, I won't remove it. But I will tell you this, Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace is there to carry you through. My grace is there for the perfecting of your life. I was in this study and I felt prompted to to look into the story of the prodigal son. Scripture says that this man had two sons. He he had two sons and his youngest son goes to him and says, I want my inheritance now. I want everything you owe me right now. And I really felt like the Lord prompted me. Now, I'm not saying that this is this is a a uh general answer to this but this is just what I felt that this means in this especially right here is that he took his portion of grace he took the portion of grace from the father and then he goes out into the world and he spoils it is what the scripture says. He blows through it with riotous living, with, with, with flamboyant living, with lavish living. He was spending everything he could spend and before he knew it, he was selling off the land that he had inherited. He was selling off the sheep that he had inherited, the cattle, and before he knew it, he was broke. And then the scripture says that a famine came into the land of which he was at. And it was like the Lord prompted me and said, that famine was my thorn trying to bring the young men back to grace. So he goes out and he spoils his inheritance. He spoils what he has. And watch this. Evidently the father had been getting up every day and looking into the horizon, wanting to know if his son was coming back. Grace gets up every day and looks into the future and wants to see, are they returning to me? Are they coming home to me? Are they on their way back? But it wasn't until the son made a conscious decision that a servant has it better in my father's house than I have it right here living the way I'm living and doing the things that I'm doing. So watch what grace does. Grace looks into the horizon and says, I wonder if they've made up their mind to come back to me yet. The thorn enter into his life by way of a famine. The famine causes him to eat pig slop. And it's in the pig slop he comes to the revelation. I don't have to live this way. 
Because he had tasted of something before. He had an understanding of something greater. And I believe this is a part of the revival of the prodigals that's going to take place in the end time. That we've all heard about. We've all heard about the great revival of prodigals that God is going to send. And I believe it. And I think the way it's going to happen is, is things are going to get bad. And as things are getting bad, they're going to say, it's better in my father's house for a servant. Than it is for me to lay here like I'm living, doing the things that I'm doing. I know where grace is at. And if I'll make the conscious decision to get back to grace, my life is going to be a lot better off. So this is what grace does. Every day, grace goes to the front porch and looks into the future and looks into the horizon saying, I hope they're coming home today. And then this is what the father did. You see, when the father, scripture says, saw him afar off, he ran to him. Because had he not got to him first, and his accusers got to him first, he would have been held accountable for the things that he had done. But because grace got there before the accusations did, the father said, bring me my finest garment. Go get the finest gold, go kill the fatted calf, and grace clothed him in that moment. Because what grace does is it says, when you make the decision within yourself to come back to grace, grace doesn't care what the accusers say. Grace says, uh, let's put some new clothes on him, let's get him something good to eat, and let's put some... Grace said, I don't care what he's done. All that matters is that he's coming home. We've got to be careful in this end time that we as the church don't develop an older brother syndrome. When those that have collected their inheritance and went and spoiled it out in the world. And they start coming back in and pastor says, let's bring them back in and let's treat them like they need to be treated. Let's love them like we used to love them. Let's show them the mercy and the grace of God. Oh, Jesus. We got to be careful in this end time because we don't know who's going to be coming into these doors. We don't know what type of life they've lived. Or the, the real issue is when we do know what type of life they've lived. But grace says, I got there before the accuser did. The older brother said, I've always been here. Little did he know that he always had access to everything. You've got access more in this building to things tonight. Than anybody out in this world living a... You've got more at your fingertips right now than anybody else outside of this building has a hold of. So it was grace. It was grace. And then I was brought to the scripture Hebrews 4, I think it's 416, if you can put it up there for me. It says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So this scripture, this is what I felt like when when it all started really coming together is because this is what Paul did to get the thorn removed. Is he went boldly into the throne room of grace. Saying, remove this thorn from my life. And grace said, no. I'm trying to teach you a lesson. I'm trying to show you I'm enough to carry you through in this season. Has anybody may have learned this past year? Or is there anybody here that has been through some things that will say, God has always seen me through. Just anybody got a testimony of the goodness of God? 
So he said, let us therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace. So this is what we do by the power of the word of God and by the authority of the name of Jesus. I command this to leave. The preacher lays his hand, his head, his hand on your head. You feel the power of God. And then you walk out with that thorn. Why didn't it go away? I went boldly into the throne room of grace, but watch, watch what this little word right here, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Somebody say help. I did a little study on that word help right there. And that word help comes from the phrase frapping the vessel. This is an old nautical term that, that they would do when they were starting to think that the storm was getting so great for the boat that the boat was about to break into pieces. So they would take rope and they would wrap rope and chain around the boat. They would secure it tightly so that they knew no matter how boisterous the storm got, there was something with his arms around the vessel that wouldn't allow the vessel to break by the power of the storm. So this is what Paul said. I boldly entered into the throne of grace that I might find help in the time of need. And I got it, but it didn't look like I thought it was going to look like. Instead of the thorn being removed, this is what I learned. His grace was sufficient enough to carry me through. That's why the next part was I learned that in my weakness, he is strong. Because when you enter into the throne room of grace and it didn't happen or it wasn't removed and you're asking God why. And God's saying, I'm trying to show you my grace is sufficient. What really happened was, was he wrapped the arms of grace around you and showed you, I may not take it away, but I'll carry you through in a way you won't break apart because of the storm. I'm just trying to teach you a lesson on the way through. I'm trying to add a little bit of wisdom to you. I'm trying to add a little bit of knowledge to you. I'm trying to add a little bit of patience to you. I'm trying to teach you my grace is sufficient to carry you through anything there's no storm that can destroy somebody that has learned even when I go into the storm and the thorn wasn't removed now I know his arms of grace have wrapped themselves around me and nothing can break this vessel to the point that it is unable to be held together I may crack a little bit I may I may splinter a little bit but the storm cannot break you to a point that you're going to sink in the middle of the storm because the arms of grace have wrapped themselves around you and said, I won't let anything happen to you in the storm. My grace is sufficient through COVID. His grace was sufficient through a sinful world. His grace is sufficient through every trial that you thought you wouldn't make it out of, but you went boldly into the throne room of grace and it wasn't taken away, but something was put in you that just said, everything's going to be all right. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to come out on the other side with a little dance, with a little shout and with a little jubilee because the arms of grace have wrapped themselves around me to find help in the time of need. And this is what it was all about for Paul. He said that I might work according to the power of Christ that is upon me. And this is what I felt like. This is what really sealed the deal for me. 
I was flying to Texas on Saturday after a, a reception, and this was when I got this portion of it, and I was just punching that that little tray on the back of the you know other person's seat, and I think I was annoying my wife and the person in front of me because I was just so good. At least it was to me at that time. <laughs> so the vessel can't be broken when it's in the arms of grace to a point of the storm consuming it. But this is what I felt like the Lord spoke to me. It doesn't mean that the vessel won't crack. It just means that the vessel won't break apart. Because when the vessel begins to just crack just a little bit. I've made room for the power of the spirit to begin to work through the vessel. He said, I came out working by the power of Christ that was upon me. So when you learn that grace is sufficient and you learn that in your weakness, he is made strong. You come out by the power of the spirit. Watch this. How did Christ enter into the wilderness of temptation filled with the spirit? But after he was tempted of the devil 40 days and the devil came to him and did three different temptations, what did he leave? Working by the power of the spirit. He went in full, but he went out working by. He went in as a whole vessel, but came out with a few puncture wounds from the trial. And the moment he come out of the wilderness, he came out working by the power of the spirit. And scripture says in that same verse, and his fame was spread abroad. He went out healing people. He went out casting out devils. He went out doing all of these great miracle signs and wonders. But had there first not been a thorn on the mountain or a temptation brought into his life or a trial introduced, he learned. Grace is sufficient. Everything that's been happening, and this is what I feel in the Holy Ghost, everything that's been happening was a part of one simple truth that we would learn that His grace is sufficient so that when we could get to this moment, we're now not just working by our own perfection, but now we're working by the power of the Spirit. And when you start working by the power of the spirit, you can't contain people from hearing about what God's doing. You can't help but get out into the highways and into the byways and people see something a little different about that person that's learned about sufficient grace. Watch this. And I'm almost done. I don't know how long I've been going. My phone's over there. I normally bring it up. Uh, I've got three minutes is when I'll be. I'll be done in about three minutes. Joseph gets a dream. Joseph's dream says, your brothers are going to bow to you. You're going to be this great man. Twice, his brother's like, you are dumb. Now, unless you have brothers, you just don't understand how quickly a brother can slam you when you think you got something good. Now, I've got three of them, and then my dad adopted two more twin boys about the age of 12 or 13. So really, I had about five brothers growing up. I understand how quickly a brother, <laughs> you can come home and be proud of something, and a brother, yeah, right, hoss, ain't no ways, and I may make you feel that big in about two seconds. But then Joseph goes to his father. His father makes him a real pretty coat. That's why I wore my purple coat tonight, because I knew it was going to get on Joseph. 
So he gets this mighty revelation of all the power he's going to work through. But then all of a sudden, his brothers throw him into a pit. Then his brothers sell him into slavery. Then he ends up in Potiphar's house. Watch how the thorn just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Then he comes out of Potiphar's house and he goes into a prison. And then he goes from that prison, things get a little better, and then he's back into prison. And then one day, everything he had lived through, he watched the hand of grace keep him. And when he come out of that last prison and into the king's palace and interpreted the dream, he went out working by the power of the king. Because scripture says that he arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And then watch, took his ring off of his hand and put it on to Joseph's hand. Which is to say, I'm giving you my seal to execute orders on behalf of my kingdom. Had it not been for the journey when his brothers came to him that second time, he would have killed them. But grace taught him how to be merciful in the time of need. Grace taught him how to be a witness when everything else is going wrong. Grace taught him how to show forth the love of God. Had it not been for grace, Joseph wouldn't have been the man that Joseph was when he became a man in power. But when you come out of the trial full of grace, operating in the truth, you'll walk out and say, you know what? Come on, little brother. Let's, let's get back to the father's house. You'll go out into the kingdom and say, nothing else matters right now because I've gone through some things and it was grace that made me. It was grace that saved me. It was What did he say? He said, I gave you grace upon. Grace is something that is level. Grace is something that is layered. And every trial you go through and God doesn't remove the thorn and makes you live through it. Another layer of grace gets added. And you just get a little more powerful in the spirit. And then another layer of grace is added. And you just start learning a little bit more about wisdom and a little bit more. And you come out working by the power of the spirit. And when you come out in the power of the Spirit, there's nothing that can worry you. There's nothing that can, that, that, that can, that can make you fall. There's nothing that can make you fail. There's nothing that can make, because you've done, been through some things and learned. It doesn't matter what I go through. I've learned grace is always there in my time of need. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear tonight, grace is sufficient. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what life has thrown you. I don't know what society is saying to you. I don't know what family is lost. I don't know what friends are talking about you. I don't know. Grace is sufficient. I don't know what the doctor has diagnosed you with. Grace is sufficient. I don't know what the brother or the sister in Christ said about you, but grace is sufficient. If you'll just keep walking in the arms, of the Almighty, you'll come out on the other side and you'll say, I'm working by the power of the Spirit now. I went in hurting, but I come out in power. I went in broken, but I come out in power. I went in, but I come out by the power. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I feel the presence of God in this place right now. Somebody's going to leave this place working by the power of the Spirit.
everything that has been taking place and I'm done. Everything. Everything that society is doing right now. This virus that has walked into our world. Everything that has taken place. Was a call back to grace. So that the church. Could get back in the arms of God. And that we would walk out. Once more. In the power of the spirit. And that we would go forth. With one thing. Demonstration in preaching Christ and him crucified. As we all know, and as Bishop can teach better than anybody, this thing is wrapping up. Precept is coming upon precept line is coming. I mean, everything is just falling into place. The house. I mean, it's just like, it's just like everything is coming into place. And God had to do a few things to get the church back. In the arms of grace for a season so that we could come out in the power of the spirit. And if that thorn never leaves you, Paul, just remember, it's because he's got more power to give you. And he's got more for you to do. And you can't go out working in the power of the spirit, relying on yourself. But the deeper that thorn gets and the further it drives in between those ribs and you just begin to feel the, oh, why is it happening? Why did that happen like that? And it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and you just start feeling that thorn. You just start saying, God must be up to something good right now. God must be needing me to do something great right now. God must be calling me to a new dimension right now. God must be getting ready to show me things in the spirit I've never seen before. Take me to places I've never gone. God must be ready to take me in front of kings. Send me into wherever I got to go. Do whatever I got to do. Because of the thorn, I've learned the grace is sufficient. Would you stand with me? Could we just lift our hands for just a moment? Ah. 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 Oh, right now, Holy Ghost. Uh, I pray the strength of God to fall in this room right now. I pray that you would baptize us with the strength that we have never felt before right now. Let us leave this place in the power of the Spirit. My God. You want to come to this altar for just a moment? This altar is open. I feel like God wants to minister for just a moment on a Wednesday night. 
Come on, there's some people that have been in a trial, some people that have been in a storm, and you've been wondering why. God's here to show you His grace is sufficient. He's going to wrap His arms around you in this altar, and you're going to leave this place feeling more secure than you felt in a little while. Come on. His grace is sufficient, East Wind. His grace is sufficient, East Wind. When everything else will fail you, grace won't. When everything else will leave you, grace won't. I pray right now that you would baptize this place, God, with strength. Thank you for visiting us, God. Thank you for your anointing flowing into this room right now. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke, God. So begin to break yokes off of people. And if you choose to leave that thorn when they walk out of this place, let them leave feeling secure in the arms of grace. I pray that there would be a mighty revelation of sufficient grace in this room right now. That everybody here would understand your grace is sufficient to see through every storm. Your grace is sufficient to see through every situation. Uh, God, I pray that in the midst of storms that people are going through on an individual level, that they would feel, God, the arms of grace securing them. Uh, The arms of grace, God, wrapping them up tonight. uh, That they would leave God working in the power of the Spirit. Come on, grace is ministering. The power of God is here right now. Come on, young lady, let grace minister. Come on, young man, let grace minister. Come on, elder. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. The arms of grace are here to show you I'm sufficient right now. I speak to every prodigal God that is a part of this church that has left this body. No matter what they have done, God, I pray that grace would begin to reach right now. Let them know that the Father is looking for them right now. Every lost soul, God, that has walked away from truth, God, let them feel right now, God. Let them see, oh God. Grace is looking for them. Grace is waiting for them. Oh, come on, mama. You don't stop going to that porch every morning and praying for that baby. He's coming home. Come on, daddy. You keep looking into that horizon. One day you're going to look and he's going to be walking up that hill and you're going to know grace did it. Grace found him. Grace did it. 
Thank you, Father. We worship you. You are a good Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You can stay and pray as long as you would like. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.